Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Audit Podcast. Today on the show, we have Val Williams. She was previously the Senior Manager of Business Analytics at the Home Depot and is currently the Data Analytics Manager over Corporate Audit at Delta Airlines. Topics of the show include storytelling with data, major data analytics initiatives for the team over there at Delta, a key KPI for Val and her team, what she would do if she had an unlimited budget and how she would build her team. And for large companies like Delta, a lot of times, even small companies, data acquisition is a huge burden for data analysts, audit analytics folks, auditors in general. And so we ask what that process looks like for Val and her team. And then of course, we talk Disney princesses. Here we go. What I would might call a, a domain, a data domain, or uh, an area within the data world that is seemingly the hottest thing right now, it's storytelling with data. A lot of people use it in audit, especially for their audit committee reports or maybe even their, their individual audit reports, et cetera. But um, you being in data, do you have uh, an example of when you've used data to tell a story and, and kind of how that work went? So, my, so mine is um, maybe a little broader. The great thing about us is because, you know, because we're digital data, we work across all the departments and all the divisions. And, you know, being the digital data analytics team, you know, it allows us to give a holistic view and the ability to see a cause and effect. Um, when we're looking at one division, we get to see how any modification that one division or department is going to make is going to affect another department. And so we're able to see this and that's kind of the beauty. And so when we're telling a story, we can tell that story. And, mm -hmm. and so our storytelling allows us to tell the story of not just the one department, but to tell it across, you know, holistically the other departments. Yeah. And I, and I think that's kind of the beauty of our area. And I think that's one of the reasons I kind of love working in audit that we get yeah. to, you know, we get to show, you know, Hey, before you make that, you know, um, that, that change, it's going to affect and have this ripple effect down here that they wouldn't necessarily know because they're kind of in their bubble over here and it's going to affect down here, pulling on that string. Uh -huh. Here's how it's going to affect. Yeah. Having that holistic view, uh, very nice. Takes a long time to get there for a lot of folks, especially at large organizations. So I'm, I'm, that had to be a major initiative. What, what other major initiatives on the analytics front do you have coming up this year or maybe next year? What's that look like? So our, our initiatives tend to be multi-year. Um, and so for us, the, broad, the broader, our team and the broader team is pretty new. And so previously anything data related was kind of tossed over the wall to us. And so what we're doing now is we're trying to upskill the broader audit team. So, you know, what we've kind of said is in three or five years, any auditor without analytic skills will kind of be obsolete. And so upskilling the auditors will allow our team to utilize machine learning to find the pain points of the business and then kind of create 
the continuous monitoring, you know, workflows, do real-time auditing, and then allow the auditors for them to be able to do the more routine analysis and for us to, you know, for us to be able to coach them and for them to do the more routine analysis and for us to only have to jump in, you know, on the, on the complex analysis. Okay. So that's, that's more of our initiatives right now. Is there a way that you're going to measure the success of that? Is there like a KPI around, we know this person is, this is the new floor for their analytics competencies? So, I mean, right now what we're measuring is, um, right now we're kind of a hundred percent engaged in all the audits. Mm -hmm. And so right now what we're measuring is we want to make sure that we're doing a hundred percent population instead of the normal sample based population. So. We're kind of trying to, you know, keep that along the lines that making sure that they're, that they're sticking to a hundred percent population. And so, um, we're looking, you know, we're looking to, we're looking to do that. And so we're looking, you know, we're looking to keep that KPI in place to, to make sure that they're doing a full population versus them trying to go back to just do a sample population. So we're hoping that, we're hoping that that, that that can kind of give us some type of baseline, um, and we'll kind of go, and we'll kind of go from there. We actually are, are working on our metrics. Um, that that's actually one of our initiatives of seeing which metric, you know, which metrics kind of stick. If you had, that's a question we've been asking recently. If you had an unlimited budget, you could you could buy any tool, any uh, skill, whatever it is. How would you build the analytics team? So yeah, that so I would. You know, so I'm sure, you know, everybody says this, but, you know, first I'd hire some data scientists to, you know, utilize some R, some Python, some mm -hmm. AWS SageMaker, I have a proficiency in AWS S3, AWS Redshift, et cetera, to discover the business's pain points, you know, um, then drive our audit planning process, you know, with those insights. But then I would also yeah. have some graphic designers to kind of tell the story that, um, these data scientists and those nerdy type people um, <laughs> yeah. that don't necessarily individuals sometimes have a hard time visualizing that story that, that really kind of stick to the numbers or whatever. And so then I would also, and then I would also, I would hire people to work nighttime so we could toss things over the wall and run a 24 hour st shop. So we could have like seamless work, have really no stop. Um, like when we stop during the day, we, we toss on something over the wall. Then when we come back, we could just, you know, kind of keep going from there. So that, yeah. I mean, that'd be my start. Yeah. I um, really like the graphic designer idea. Yeah. If nothing else, like what you said, then also just in the reports ourselves that are made, the audit yeah. reports or like the audit committee deck. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of what we do with folks. Yeah. And, and at a previous company on a team that I was on. Um, we had graphic designers and it just was great. Like you had an idea in your head and you give it to them and it's like, oh my God, you brought to life and to yep. fruition what I was thinking. And it's like, that's it. That's that, you know, that's it. It's like, I, you know, I was thinking a roadmap and you, you know, it's like, it looked like the Wizard of Oz. It's yeah. like you, <laughs> brought, you, know, you brought it to life. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that one a ton. A lot of auto departments, when they try to launch analytics, one reason they can't move up the maturity model as quickly as probably they would like is because of data acquisition issues. Probably one of the bigger or biggest pains, depending on the organization that you're at. Digitally born companies, usually it's pretty easy or a lot easier. 
Um, for a company of your size, though, how how does how do you make that easy as far as, all right, we've got this audit coming up. We know we need to get the data. This is how we're going to go about it. So what, so what we do is preemptively, we have continual meetings with, um, to, well, we have continual meetings and we create these partnerships beforehand with data teams um, throughout the organization and, as well as IT. So I acquire access to known data sources. Mm. And then these relationships, especially with IT, allow us to have lower SLA times to getting access to unknown data sources. And then with those relationships with the other partners, when we come to audit these teams, we already have a partnership with them. So it's not one of those- Combative. Combative. Yeah. You know, it's it's more of, you know, we've already spoken with you. It's, it's not, a, you know, it's, you know, you already know us. And if we're, you know, we're, we're here to help you. We're not, we're, you know, we're not here to cause friction. We're, you know, we're, we're trying to make your process better. You know, we're not trying to do, and, and we've already let you know, we're not trying to duplicate your process. We're trying to make, you know, we're just trying to ensure and make it better. Yeah. And so a lot of times we've already gotten access. That's one of the things, like I said, we've already, and because my previous roles everywhere started in IT. And so I, so I've already made this linkage here. And I, they already believe in me. They already know I have this skill set. So they don't have a fear of giving me access to the data. And which is a lot of times I think when you come with audit, it's like, I don't trust yeah. that you know how to use the data. So they don't have this fear that like I have an I have two IT degrees. They don't, they don't feel that I don't know how to use the data. It is helpful to be able to speak the language for sure. I had um, someone one time that was doing a vendor audit and they asked for, they talked to the DBA and said, can you give me every field in the vendor table and every other field that would ever touch it? And the DBA was like, no. No, right. I didn't know what that means. You need to be very specific in what you're asking for. You need to know what you're asking yeah. for. You need to know the time frame. And you need to know why you're asking. You need to give, you know, you need to be clear and concise about what you're asking for, you know, why you're asking for. And you need to be able, and you need to be able to speak to that and you need to be able to defend it. Yeah. And so, um, and so I, and so I haven't had, I haven't had that problem. I've, I, you know, I've been able to back it and then, um, and I'm lucky that my leaders, you know, so I, when I say that most of, most of audit is pretty new, but my leaders are not. Mm -hmm. And so my director has been with the, I think it's been, oh my God, maybe 16 years in the, you know, and so, and has, oh my God, a good relationship across the whole organization. So when I mention his name, you know, people listen. Yep. And so I, so I have a good backing with that. So. Somebody told me the exact same thing the other day in that, so this is a CAE who has a new CIO. Former CIO was stingy with the data and wouldn't let really anybody do anything. New CIO is like, nope, like you're, everybody gets it. Like if you want it, you're going to get it kind of thing. And so the CAE has just been like singing his praises to everybody that she talks to. And so when now he goes to meet somebody new, they go, yeah, we know you. Like, you know, we know you because the CAE won't basically shut up talking about you. Mm -hmm. So that is, that is huge. And I did like putting the, in the data request, the objective, like this is what we're trying to do. Cause I know, especially I've seen it firsthand with me, I might request the data and then they send it to me and I go, oh, that's not really what I was looking for. I was looking for this because this is the objective. And they go, oh, okay, 
now that I know what the objective is, that's not what you need to all. That's not to... what you need. Right. Yeah. So, like, so putting that in there. If you tell them what you need, if you tell them what you need, and then this, and then of course, so in a long ago life, I was a DBA. And so I know, like I said, so my, you know, my background, I was in IT. I mean, I'm old, so up, up until 2004. So it's like, so I have all of these things in my background. So I know from the other side what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. And so that, so that helps out me at asking for things because I know what they're looking for. Yeah. Excellent. And so that, you know, so that helps what? me in this role. All right. Well, if nothing else, uh, I think it was good to hear some of the similar pains that I've experienced and how you have addressed those through the relationships that you built. That's the thing that I harp on all the time. It's technical, obviously, as data is. It's still a relationship business. uh, Absolutely. Um, But what else? What do you have? What do you want to leave the audience with? So I think I kind of was alluding to this, but I would definitely say don't limit yourself. You know, previously... I really would have never thought that the audit space was a viable career option for yeah. me. First of all, I am a rule breaker. So I would have not thought in audit. And then second, like I had no audit knowledge. I mean, you know, I have an IT background. That's what I've been talking about. But this has really been the most challenging and rewarding role. I mean, I get to go across the whole organization. So, you know, instead of me being in just one area and just kind of, you know, having the the depth of knowledge in that just that area, I get just the breadth of knowledge across the whole organization, and it's like this is just wonderful. I get I get to learn about everything, and you know, and I get to meet all the different people. And then what's just so rewarding is most of the time, not always. You know, you get to help people out, and people Ooh. are you know, and, and people like you. I mean, people are like you know, hey. You know, you helped us make our process better. I mean, sometimes they're not always happy that you came into their space, but I mean, for the most part, they they really are glad that you came into their space. But it's been it's been so far rewarding and challenging. It's been it truly has been the most rewarding and challenging role that I've had. And then, so that's usually the last question. But as you're talking, I realized there's another question. There is one more. Okay. I think I can't, I won't say the full address because I don't want people to, to have it, but your email for your personal email was something <laughs> like Disney princess fan or something like at Yahoo or whatever. I, I love Disney. And so here's the bad thing. I have not been to Disney since before COVID. <laughs> and so I've been down to universal and a matter of fact, I'm going back to universal in December, but, um, I haven't been to Disney because, you know, they made all these changes where you have to make reservations. And um, like, I think I just said, I was a rule breaker, yeah. so not a rule follower. <laughs> and so the, I like to just be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that just come January, they're, they're taking that rule away. You won't have to make reservations. Like you can't, like right now, you can't just show up. You can't just Got buy it. a ticket and show up. You have to make a reservation and then you can't, like if you want to park hop, you have to go to your first part before you can go to the second part. I mean, it's just there's there's a whole lot. There's too many a, rules for Val. There's too many rules for Val. There's yeah. too many rules for Val. But I do, I mean, I do, I love, love, love Disney. I go to the character dinings when I'm there. I mean, I'm an old lady and I go to the character <laughs> dinings. I go, I love the princesses. I yeah, I love I'm out well, I'm an amusement park junkie. Nice. I love amusement. All right, so the, the last question to show then will be, who is your favorite Disney princess? Tiana. Nice. 
Yes. I I really like that one, if nothing else, because it's in New Orleans, and that's one of my favorite places yeah. to, to go to, and it's always, you know, it's just... Well, and I like, at first I didn't like the fact that they made her work, and she didn't just get kissed, and, but then uh, the thing I changed, and I was like, I do like that. Yeah. Maybe I like the fact that, that she was a real person, and yeah. that just, yeah. She was tough. She was tough. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.